welcome to Living Bread Radio Presents, a program designed to teach and evangelize about the Catholic faith through various speakers and presentations given in the local listening area. Today's show features Father Nicholas Mancini, a priest of the Diocese of Youngstown, Ohio, and his six-part series on the life and legacy of Bishop Fulton J. Sheen. And now, Father Nicholas Mancini. Hello there again, folks. Welcome back as we are looking at the beauty of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen and his memoirs, The Treasure of Clay. We were discussing his television programming, and one of the most renowned beauties that Sheen recalls of this television programming was when he received the Emmy Award for television. He writes, I noticed that everyone in a different category who received awards thanked their writers. When I was given the Emmy Award for my category, I felt I should thank my writers. And I thanked Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. That line was often used by Milton Berle, who was appearing on television at the same time I was, except that he had an hour show. So he and I were on together for the first half hour. I always regretted that very much because not only was he in competition, but also because I very much enjoyed his comedy. And as soon as I was able to finish my show, I would try to listen to the other half of Milton Berle. In preparation for the telecast, Sheen writes, I would very often give the telecast in French one night and in Italian another night to some person who was versed in French and Italian. This was in order to deepen the ideas in my own mind, certainly something that prepared me for television was the resolution that I had taken when I began teaching in England, not to read and always to stand in order that there might be some spark shot off to the audience. The subjects of the various teleclasts were multiple. They ranged through science, history, psychology, physics, and the spiritual the point always was, take some subject in which the audience would be interested, and then to lead up to a spiritual or moral conclusion. There were never any manuscripts to send out, though we received requests for each of the talks that were given on the air. Somehow or other, the method caught the imagination of the American public. Here was someone who would stand up for a half hour before three cameras and talk on a subject without any notes. This was believed to be so impossible that Time magazine sent over a special reporter who stood backstage to see if I had anything written under my fingernails or was using some other gimmick. Little do people realize that when they listen to television, the speaker is either reading 
from an idiot card or a teleprompter. A few comedians would mention the fact that they use idiot cards. But when one listens to a commentator or a politician, or almost anyone, they are following a teleprompter. It is very clever machine which reveals the script of the speech according to the timing of the speaker. However, there were times when I forgot. I remember one show when I went out on the stage and forgot completely what I was going to speak about. So I just told a story or two about memory, and finally the topic came back to me. I used a blackboard, not incidentally as a gimmick, but being a professor for so many years and having used a blackboard then, I felt it was very natural thing to do. I would have to draw pictures to illustrate certain ideas, but my drawing was so very poor that the New York School of Art offered me a free scholarship. The poor drawing was an advantage, however, for it always gave the television audience a deep sense of superiority. I could not draw, they could. I remember once instructing a princess of the Bulgarian royal family for First Communion, and after an hour's instruction, we decided to have a change of pace. I asked the little princess what she would like to do, and she said, draw. I said, draw what? She said, let's draw a dog. I drew a dog, and she drew a dog. She said, let's draw a horse. I drew a horse, and she drew a horse. She looked at my drawing and said, the only difference between your dog and your horse is that your horse is bigger. That was true, and that was the way my drawing appeared on the blackboard. I mentioned previously about the mail that came. The highest count of mail was about 18,000 letters a day. But the mail continued to run into thousands and thousands a day and not just from Catholics. I think that in proportion to the population, the greatest number who wrote me were of the Jewish faith. Sometimes there was such a demand for tickets that we received telephone calls at the office of the Propagation of the Faith, offering as much as $100 a ticket to attend a television show. That reminds me of one Easter Sunday when I was preaching at St. Patrick's Cathedral An admission to the 10 o'clock Mass was by ticket only. I was in the rectory when a gentleman came in who did not recognize me, and he said, I will give $50 for a ticket to the 10 o'clock Mass to hear Bishop Sheen. I said to him, for $50, I will give you the pulpit. Not to be neglected in discussing television were all of the humorous incidents and the stories that were written to us and that happened to us. I remember being in a long church procession in Brooklyn where a long line of bishops were going into the church 
And one woman on the sidewalk said, as I walked past, Glory be to God, you certainly look much better on television. Then there was a cab driver who wrote and said that he was so busy trying to make a living that he did not have time to see me. And he wrote, Suggest to me some way in which I can hear you. I have no television set. I wrote to him and said, Many of the bars in New York City are showing my television programs. A week or two later, he wrote to me, told me he went to the bar, saw the show, and then he took up a collection in the bar and sent it to us for the missions. As a matter of fact, there were many other collections taken up in bars, and also the television crew at the end of every year took up a collection for the poor of the world through the Society of the Propagation of the Faith. Yes, Sheen certainly had a dynamic sense of humor and wit about him. He goes on to describe in his memoirs, one telecast was about marriage. In it, I quoted the famous proposal of G.K. Chesterton to his future wife, Frances Balog. We were deluged with requests for that proposal. As I remember it, this is what Chesterton wrote to his future wife. There are four lamps of thanksgiving burning before me. The first, that I was born out of the same earth as you. Two, I have tried to love everything in the universe as a remote preparation for loving you. Three, I have never run after strange women. You cannot understand how much this prepares a man for true love. For my previous existence ends here. It has led me to you. In the early days of television, before we had the new liturgy, Mass always ended, as you will recall, with Go, the Mass is ended. A mother wrote and told me that she took her boy to Mass this particular Sunday. And when the priest turned around and said, Go, the Mass is ended, and then read the last gospel, the boy refused to leave the church. He said, Mass isn't over. She said, It's over. The priest has not gone into the sacristy, the little boy said. No, that is not the way the Mass ends. He stood up in the pew, turned to the congregation and shouted, By now, God love you, which is the way I ended all of my telecasts. Now we know where Bishop Sheen gives us that beautiful ending and how it came about from a little boy whose love of the Mass and understanding of the Mass and the priesthood brought Sheen to the glorious conclusion of his broadcasts, By now, God love you. We'll be back in a moment with more 
of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen's memoirs from his book, Treasure of Clay. We'll return to Living Bread Radio Presents after a short break. This is Monsignor John Kozar, National Director of the Pontifical Mission Societies in the United States. A family in India, their joy beyond measure. This was the day their daughter would profess vows as a religious sister. After the ceremony, there was a meal in the family's humble home to honor this daughter of the church. The family, materially poor but rich in faith and their love for the Lord, welcomed me into their home for that celebration. What a privilege to be a part of this joyous day. We all have many reasons to be joyful. Look around. I'll bet you can think of one. It's a lesson from the missions. Brought to you by the Pontifical Mission Societies. To learn more about becoming a missionary right where you are, visit our website at onefamilyandmission.org. Remember, if you're baptized, you're a missionary. Through prayer and sacrifice, in word and witness, we're all part of this one family in mission. And now the conclusion of today's production of Living Bread Radio Presents. And we're back. We are looking at the memoirs of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen from his autobiography, Treasure of Clay. Let's continue now with some more of these beautiful insights that Bishop Sheen gives us about his television programs, his telecasts. As a mother in Canada told him that she would name her boy Fulton, after him. And when he was five, she could not find him one afternoon. So she searched through the house and located him finally in the attic. He had a suitcase in his hand and a coat and hat. The mother said, Where is your sister? He said, She is in the suitcase. Where are you going? We are going to see Bishop Sheen. One day, as I was getting into a taxi, the driver said to me, I never had much of an education. I never went beyond the fifth grade. But I drove people who use big words. From that time on, his conversation was only in terms of little syllables and almost always out of context. When I paid the fare and left him, he said, You know, I always love to hear you on television. I love your voice. It has such a beauty about it. Another mother wrote to me and told me that she took her son to Mass one Sunday and the priest was reading the sermon. The little boy shouted out in church, Why does he have to read? Why can he be like Bishop Sheen and talk without reading? An Anglican bishop in Georgia wrote to me and told me that he went on a confirmation tour. And when he came out into the sanctuary of the Episcopalian Church, he said, Who am I? And they said, Bishop Sheen. 
In one of the presidential elections, I received three votes for president. I demanded a recount. Another mother told me that she had a circular washing machine. That is to say, there a glass in the front of the machine and the clothes tossed about. Her little boy looked at it for a while and said, thinking it was a television screen, When does Bishop Sheen come on? Another mother told us that her little boy was under her feet in the kitchen. She said to him, Go in the living room, turn on the television set, and listen to Bishop Sheen. He is smart. You'll learn something. At the particular moment that he turned on the television, I was writing the word sex on the blackboard. He came back to his mother and said, He's not so smart. He doesn't even know how to spell six. There are other stories of humor in his Treasure of Clay that Bishop Sheen describes, and we are presenting some of these to you because they give us an insight of the humor, the laughter, and the joy of Bishop Sheen. He goes on to describe about an elderly lady who wrote and said that she always got dressed up when he appeared on television. Many priests wrote saying that they had converts coming from many miles for instructions. And so I might go on about television. I always associated television with apostolic work. I prayed much before our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament, asking that television waves be a channel for grace. As I mentioned before when talking about radio, the influence we have is not from ourselves. It is because the Spirit is working through us. We have to allow God to use us as His instrument. Television is changing the last few years. It seems now there is a tremendous increase in violence, besides all the psychological and sociological reasons that one may advance for this multiplication of violence. I wonder if perhaps we who belong to Christ are not, to some extent, responsible. Our blessed Lord said, The kingdom of God is won by violence, and only the violent will seize it. And again, I came not to bring peace, but the sword. God hates peace and those who are destined for war, but the sword of our Lord is not like the sword of Peter, who struck the outward ear of the high priest's servant. It is a sword to be driven inward and cut out the seven pallbearers of the soul, namely the seven capital sins. Violence is not directed to the neighbor. It is directed to ourselves. It's the means, the carrying of the cross, self-denial, mortification, and the crushing of the self 
who would take the place of God. Now, as we have dropped discipline, self-sacrifice from our schools and from our pulpits, may it not be that the world has picked up violence and perverted it? Because we have not preached the inward violence against vice, the world has become violent towards others. Perhaps we may not look to any end to this violence until we begin to restore the cross in our preaching and in our schools. A government report said that violence on television does not make an impression on youth. If 25 minutes of violence on a television show does not make any impression on youth, why do the television stations charge $250,000 a minute for prime time? Do they not expect that within one minute in which they advertise that it will make an impression on the hearer? But the shooting and the killing and the stabbing of others on the screen does not impress youth? Then why do they expect advertising to do it? But that is merely a passing reflection about television. Looking back, I would say that the primary good that it did was to stir up a sense of sacrifice among the people, to make them conscious of the fact of the poor of the world and the need of a little self-denial to spread the faith. But there is also something else that I would mention only in passing, and I will mention it, that there will be very few who will understand it. One day, at the Plaza Hotel in New York, there was a meeting of three persons. One of them was a television official. One of the others present said to this official, If you shut off Bishop Sheen's television show in Buffalo, it would not go to the rest of the United States, would it? Could you not break it at that point? That is all that I will mention about it except to say that television brought me to the greatest cross of my life. And in bringing me the greatest cross of my life, it brought me the greatest blessing, and it brought me closer to the Lord. That is why I shall always be grateful to the medium of communication, not because it brought me before the public of the United States, but because it thrust a cross on my shoulders, and I hope thereby assured me of the resurrection. Bye for now, and God love you. We hope that you've enjoyed this production of Living Bread Radio Presents. For a copy of this program on Compact Disc, call 330-966-2903 or send an email to orders at livingbreadradio.com and reference the program broadcast date. This has been a production of Living Bread Radio in Canton, Ohio. Join us again next week at the same time for more Living Bread Radio Presents.
Thank you.